Danny Runs for His Life When Danny came to live with us at age 13, we not only knew that he'd run, we encouraged him to run. The oldest of three, Danny lived with his loving mother and siblings on Chicago's north side. His mother, Rebecca, an emergency room nurse, was divorced. She worked hard to raise her young children alone, but never complained about the stress that came with the job. She devoted her entire life, both at home and in her career, to helping others. To make a better life for her family, she went to night school at a community college to earn her nursing degree. Her family was so proud the day that she was hired at a leading trauma hospital. It was Rebecca's chance to do what she desired most, to bring healing to hurting people and ease their fears and worries during the most critical moments. She chose the 4 p.m. to midnight shift so that she could spend more time with her children, whom she adored. Such a devoted, nurturing mother. I can't begin to imagine the eerie and heavy stillness that greeted Danny, who was just a 10-year-old boy as he awoke one morning for school. This was unlike other mornings. There were no sounds downstairs of bustle and preparation, no smell of breakfast coming from the kitchen. No sign of a household coming to life at the beginning of a new day. There were sounds, however, the night before. Terrible sounds that came far too often lately. The bitter, toxic sounds of anger and arguing between Rebecca and her boyfriend. A jealous man who was prone to intense outbursts. Despite her independent spirit, Rebecca could not escape the physical, verbal, an emotional torment her boyfriend inflicted on her. Always committed to her children, she concluded that there was no good future for her family with this man in the picture. Alone would be better. That night, according to friends, Rebecca told him that she wanted to break off their relationship for good. This was the reason for the arguing this time. Maybe the silence meant that he was finally out of their lives. Danny needed to know. Was his mother so tired from the night before that she overslept? It wasn't like her. Danny walked into his mother's bedroom, and he came upon a horror that I pray to God no one will ever have to witness in their life. His mother laid motionless on a blood-soaked bed. He tried to wake her up, but it was of no use. He removed the pillow that covered her head, only to find that the beautiful face that greeted him on countless mornings was now unrecognizable. In a rage, Rebecca's boyfriend had beaten and strangled her to death. She suffered in her final moments as she was struck repeatedly with purposeful vengeance and hatred. The autopsy would show that to the very end, she did her best to fight for her life and for her children fending off blows and suffering bruising to her arms and to her hands. Danny knew that his mother was gone, but on instinct he rushed to protect his younger siblings, including his sleeping 14-month-old sister. He scooped her up and rushed the other children outside, where they wandered in a daze until they were discovered in the early morning light by neighbors. Our mother is dead, the children told them. All of the children who come to live at Mercy Home for Boys and Girls have experienced trauma in their young lives. Many bear witness to domestic violence. What Danny experienced that morning was beyond comprehension, 
and its after effects were life-altering. Danny and his siblings were placed in the custody of relatives. Mercy Home often works with extended family members who, for any number of reasons, have been entrusted to care for children who are not their own. In my experience, they tend to be kind, loving, sympathetic, and nurturing. There are folks who simply try to do their best in a difficult situation. Sadly, this was not the case for Danny and his relatives. For reasons that only God might know, and perhaps not, every day as Danny returned home from school, his guardian would take Danny to the garage and beat him with a belt. As I write this, I find telling this story extremely difficult, and I certainly will never understand how anyone could do something like this to any child, let alone one who had been through such an unspeakable experience. The relationship within the household only became more volatile over the years, until Danny was referred by a family friend to Mercy Home for Boys and Girls. As you can well imagine, with all that he had seen and experienced, it was extraordinarily difficult for Danny to trust any adult when he came to us. When a young person goes through our admission process, we understand that they may not be comfortable living with us at first. We're sensitive to the fact that their trust has been violated time and time again by adults in their lives. Entering Mercy Home is a voluntary act, a decision that's made by the youth and his or her guardian after a meticulous process of assessment and introduction. That decision ultimately rests upon a trust that runs two ways. For a long time, Danny was guarded, quiet, and harbored intense anger towards the man who took his mother away from him, towards his relatives who abused him, and towards life itself. Anger, when repressed, leads to depression. Danny was severely depressed and found life difficult. At Mercy Home, healing starts with empathy and moves forward with attention and intention. We work to understand the impact that trauma has wrought on each young person. We create a plan to address that impact, and we employ all of the therapy, education, and socialization to begin the healing process. Working closely with his therapist, Danny was eventually able to talk about his extraordinarily difficult life. Therapy empowers our kids. Reflecting on their experiences, both negative and positive, putting words to those experiences, and connecting to the feelings generated by those words help our young people take ownership of what belongs to them. It helps them cast off that which belongs to the sickness and the terrible behavior of others. As Danny worked through the tragedies of his past, we kept him focused on creating an independent future by supporting his academic success and career preparation. He participated actively in our tutoring program and our after-school programming. He worked a number of after-school and summer jobs. Danny went on to graduate from high school and, with our help, was admitted to college. We also took the unusual step of allowing him to participate in our mentoring program, which is typically offered to young people who do not live with us, but rather with their own parent or guardian. This program, known as Friends First, provides positive adult role models to young people in need. 
such as those who might live in the care of a working single parent. Mentors are trained and committed volunteers who simply share their time with children like these. We matched Danny with a young professional named Steve, who took Danny to ball games and to other events, and who was always there to lend an ear. Steve's caring attention not only helped Danny in the healing process, it helped him visualize and aspire to be the responsible adult that he later would become. Danny also grew into a leader and a role model to the younger boys at the home. One of the most critical things that we give our kids is the guidance to use their most powerful internal resources to help them overcome trauma and to succeed. In Danny's case, his Catholic faith was important to him, and he relied on it to help him deal with the past. Danny was an altar server for our televised Sunday TV Mass at Mercy Home. Another powerful internal resource that Danny possessed was his passion for running. I remember a conversation I once had with him. He told me about a time when his mother attended one of his softball games. He had hit a ball far into the outfield, and he could hear his mother's voice. It was joyful and encouraging. She was shouting, run, Danny, run. Danny shared with me that these words, run, Danny, run, still echo in his heart whenever he thinks about his mother. She was always the wind at his back, encouraging him and supporting him as he excelled in his beloved sport. When Danny runs, he achieves what psychologists call flow. It's what you and I might refer to as being in the zone, a joyful state in which we are fully absorbed in the activity. While running can be a metaphor for avoiding one's problems, it has been therapeutic for Danny. It offers him a positive mental and emotional space that has helped him heal. One of the proudest moments of my life came on a crisp October morning when I watched Danny cross the finish line of the Chicago Marathon. He had remained in the zone through 26.2 miles of city streets as he focused on reaching his personal goal. Of course, finish lines, like all goals, are not really ends. They are the first steps towards growth. Over the three years Danny lived with us, I watched an angry, frightened young man grow into a mature, responsible, and caring young adult. Danny continues to run today. He runs his own life. He is a self-directed, responsible young man who holds a job and, most importantly, has a dream for himself. He wants to marry, have a family, and be a good father and grandfather someday. Danny is still running, only today he knows that he runs with you, the wind at his back.